All right, so seniors, if you missed it on the announcement, sometimes my hearing aid, I turn it down during announcements. So if you missed it, we're going to start getting together on a little bit of a more regular basis. Uh, we're going to be starting with that potluck on September 17th. Uh, there'll be some signups and more information as time goes on. But uh, just put that on your calendar and we'll be doing that immediately after service in the grill. Uh, another announcement that I wanted to uh, make sure that everybody knew about this morning was that our beloved sister in Christ, Gail Bryant, went to her homecoming this week. So she passed away. Um, Gail was, she was an encouragement to me. I got to spend some time with her over the last couple weeks and she, when she was on, she was on. She'd be joking around with you and talking to you and she was always very encouraging and uh, she will be missed but I can't imagine what it's like for her this morning. Now, information on services and how the family's moving forward with that will be made available soon, uh, just kind of in a waiting period. This, pray for the family. Uh, her husband, Kenny, while she was in the hospital, uh, developed pneumonia and has had to be in an ICU for a while. So waiting on him to recover before moving forward with services. So pray for Kenny for his restoration and recovery. Pray for the family as they walk through this season. But I'm confident that this morning, Gail is in the presence of the Lord, that she has perfect lungs, that she isn't worried about anything. She's not hurting. She's giving them the business up there. But what an awesome day to be in the kingdom of heaven. We had our baptism service this morning. We get to celebrate here with fellow believers, but this morning, Gail was in the courts of heaven. She got to celebrate and sing with the angels and see God look down and smile on his redeemed as they follow him in obedience and water baptism. I, I can only imagine what that's like. You know, ear hath not hear, heard, eye hath not seen, it hasn't entered into the heart of the man what she what is going on in Gail's world right now. And, and that's just an encouragement and what we stand on in times when people of like precious faith pass. It doesn't, you know, of course it's sad and that leaves a void for us, but we know with confidence that they are with the Lord. I mean, it's just a beautiful thing. So before we get started in the preached word this morning, I'd like to take a minute and just pray for myself. Um, I'm not a martyr, but it's been a busy week. I've been in a taffy pool going 50 different directions and my mind just doesn't feel clear this morning. But I don't stand up here to give you the wisdom of men or that you would hear from me. Uh, I come under the assignment of God and the empowerment and anointing of the Holy Spirit, knowing that his strength is made perfect in my weakness and trusting that whatever I lack, he can more than make up for. So we lean on that promise this morning. And, and Father God, I just surrender myself to you. Lord, I pray for the anointing of your Holy Spirit, that my mind would calm, that I would be able to speak with clarity your word, to bring out truth, that we would be edified by your word today, God. I pray that you prepare our hearts, that you convict us, Lord. Don't let us leave today with something unsettled with you, Father God. We, we wanna commit to rebuilding the altar in our life, reconsecrating ourselves to you, reserving ourselves unto your honorable work for our lives. We love you, God. 
I thank you for this opportunity, knowing that it is not in my strength that I do this, but you, you, if you can use anything, Lord, use me, and I surrender to your will and your empowerment. We love you, amen. If you have your Bibles this morning, if you would, turn to Psalms chapter one and stand with me for the reading of God's word. That's Psalm chapter one. I'll be reading out of the ESV this morning, starting in verse one. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. This man whose delight is found in the law of the Lord, who meditates and spends time with the law of the Lord. This person, they're like a tree planted by streams of living water. They yield their fruit in their season, and the leaf does not wither. In all they do, they will prosper. The wicked are not so. They're like chaff that the wind drives away. Therefore, the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous, for the Lord knows the ways of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. You may be seated. Now this, Psalms chapter one, this is a wisdom psalm. It's a gateway psalm. It introduces for us some themes that we're going to see throughout the book of Psalms, whether they're David's writings or another psalmist. We see in parallel divine blessing and divine judgment. The man that is blessed, the things they do not do, and the things that they do. This is not workspace theology. These things are the natural progression of maturing in God. This is just what happens. It says his fruit will yield in its season. The blessing of God is on those that delight in his law that is his word, that is time spent with him, that is going into intimate relationship with him. We see the divine judgment of the wicked. We, we don't wanna live wicked. We wanna live right before God. We want to honor the fact that he has made us a new creation through Christ Jesus. We wanna take the grave clothes off. Why, Lazarus, when he came forth, that's the first thing. Like, we have work to do, take the grave clothes off. You know, he's bound up. He's, he's not that much better for being alive right now. He's, he's wrapped in these grave clothes. I imagine they probably didn't smell good to Lazarus. He probably got the olfactory senses back. He's hobbling out of the cave, however that looked. And Jesus like, take the grave clothes off, loose them. We, we got work to do, right? Don't continue to walk in the ways and do the things that you did before God touched you. You're a new creation. Those things don't fit. And if you're comfortable with them, might be time for a little self-examination. Might be some time to go to the Lord, pray for a, 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 a heart of flesh, a renewed mind. Psalms 1 also shows a progression that I want us to pay attention to today. In verse one, we're told 
Blessed is the man that walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers. There's a progression there that is tied to relationship. Don't miss that. The progression with regard to relationship. Now, that's like the anchor point of today's message, right? Now, who knows that you can walk with and talk with someone and break communication pretty quick. Anybody ever had a boss like that? That's like, hey, walk with me real quick. And da 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 get it done. And then you part ways, right? Who, who has ever, if, if, if this has never happened to you, you might be the one. Who is, <laughs> who's ever ended up standing somewhere and like, uh-oh, now it's really wa- awkward if I just walk off. I'm, I'm, it's more intentional now because we're standing together. There's, there's a progression. We have stopped and now we're standing here talking. And, and if I just walk away... It's weird. Now, we can see these things in the natural, but for some reason, the spiritual, we're so surprised that these same principles would apply. When we walk with the world, we become more comfortable. We can end up standing there with the world and finding it difficult to break relationship. And, and what happens? We might just sit down with the world. We might just have a seat there and, you know, pass the bong, play an Xbox, and now it's really weird to leave because... Whatever. There's a progression of relationship there that I want us to make sure that we're aware of. Because a lot of times we end up seated and we come to ourselves like the prodigal son and we're like, how did I get here? How how did it end up that I'm sitting here in this place so far removed from where I once was? Where is the desire that I had for God's word? Where is the delight that I had for time spent in silence before the Lord? Why is my time consumed with these other things now? How did I get here? Progressively. It was incrementally. You you walk with the world and become comfortable. Then you stand with the world and become more comfortable. And you don't even realize when you're sitting with the world. And what, what I want us to see this morning, church family, is that the hour is late. And I don't want for Christ to come back for the bride and us be sitting in the world going, but I'm yours, I promise. And he's like, I can't see a difference. Why don't you look different then than the ones that hate me? Why don't you look different than the ones that reject me and despise me? Why can't I just see that? We're in this world, believers, and we have to interact with it. And there's times where we'll have to interact with it aggressively and stand for truth. But we're not of this world. So how do we live in light of this understanding? I want us to glean from this passage together today. And, and if you're taking notes, this, the title of the sermon today is not of this world. I am not of this world. Point number one is who do I walk with? Who, who do I walk with? Because it matters. We read that the man that walks not in the counsel of the wicked is blessed. 
So what does that mean for me practically here today? Like I hear that, don't walk in the counsel of the wicked. Good, great story. What, how do I apply that to my life? What does that mean? Uh, I can give you some practical examples that for me were gradients and progressing in the wrong direction. Could it be the music that we listen to while we drive? We, we should guard our ear gates. We should be faithful to the Lord. Could, could that be walking with the world? There's music I can't listen to anymore because does anybody know that music is tied to memories? It'll bring you, it can take you to another place. And if, if I hear a song in passing like, mm, that flesh man inside of me, and I like rap. Pastor John didn't believe that. He was like, oh, he saw you more as like a Leonard Skinner, Led Zeppelin kind of guy. And I was like, nah, man, I'm in the club. I, I mean, I liked rap. And I'll hear a bass line from a song I haven't heard in 15 years ago, and I'm the, that idiot just like, yeah, what's up? And straight flashback. If I continue to do that, and I continue to walk with that, to walk with that, I have to move away from God. Because if I'm close to God, I'm reminded very quickly that that doesn't fit, that those are grave clothes, that if I go back and pick that up, I'm just wrapping myself back up in grave clothes. Could it be entertaining those evil and tempting thoughts that creep up on us? We wouldn't be the first to get caught in that trap. I mean, who, know, who knows you can't control what you think? You know, sometimes you just have a thought. And you'd be like, well, what was that? That's not, that's not me anymore. That's not, that ain't right. That ain't it. I'm about to have to go get in the word because that ain't it. I have to put up defenses because that thought is trying to invade and get a foothold and lull me to sleep and get me to walk with it so that it can get me to stand with it so that it can get me comfortable enough to sit down with it. And then, I, and then where am I? I'm backslidden, I'm numb, I'm squelching the voice of the Holy Spirit, I'm in rebellion. I'm not talking about salvation this morning, I'm talking about your walk. Who do you walk with? In 2 Corinthians, Paul says, take every thought captive to the obedience of Jesus Christ. So, I'm military, right? Those are just for guys who can't do four-year degrees, right? I got one of those too. So, you know, sometimes we can do both. <laughs> you can be an idiot and make a, get a degree, you know? I'm the poster boy for what God can do in your life, all right? When, when those thoughts invade my thought life, uh, two things come up in my mind. One, I don't, let it, I don't let the enemy use that as a stick to hobble me with, with condemnation and guilt because I can't stop the bird from flying over my head. I can, I can keep it from making a nest in my hair though. And, and so I will, in my own thought life, go to war. And sometimes, you know, we battle not against flesh and blood. Sometimes you gotta strap up the strap and unload a clip. It's a magazine, but you know. <laughs> Spray and pray. <laughs> Get out of here, not today, devil. 
But when, we're, when those evil thoughts, they creep in, I see myself take it captive, right? That joker, I'm, I'm waterboarding this thought, this CIA black site type stuff. Where'd you come from? Who sent you? Not today. That joker choking out. I'm gonna to go to my word. I'm gonna recite the things that I know. I'm gonna stand on the promises of God. I'm gonna say, I'm not to be transformed by this world or conformed to this world. I'm to be transformed by the renewing of my mind and my heart and my spirit. And you alone, God, can do this. And you know my thoughts are far off before I think them. And I know the enemy's trying to distract me right now, but I will exalt you in this place. I'm not gonna give that thought a foothold. I'm not gonna walk with that down the street. And then there's times I do. Sometimes I take a walk. Pastors aren't immune to that. Just in case you have people on a pedestal, let me go ahead and fix that for you. We're all, we all got our own bag of rocks, right? We're all deep to deep in some special way. God, God ain't got no perfect children except for Jesus Christ. All of us, we got problems, okay? So what do I do in that? I feel convicted because the Holy Spirit is with me. I'm sealed with him. He walks with me. He convicts me of sin and righteousness. I repent, I get up, and I keep walking towards him knowing that I will not reach perfection until he comes and with the same authority that he will bring everything in this world under his control, does away with this weak and mortal body and gives me a glorified body like his and with him will I ever be. That's the day I'm looking for. But until then, I have to fight. Gotta strap up. There's no sidelines. You're in your own game all day, all times. Your timeouts are your time alone with God. Your huddles are your time with other believers. But you still gotta be in the game. You gotta fight your fight. So who are you gonna walk with? Now, these are just a few examples. You, I'm sure everyone here can think of their own. This is not meant to be an exhaustive list. This is meant to, to prick your heart. This is meant to make you think about and examine our lives and say, who am I walking with? The man that walks in the counsel of the righteous would be the opposite then. What are some practical ways that we might walk in the counsel of the righteous? So I don't think anybody here needs instruction on how to sin. Like, I don't. I got that down pat. I can nail it every time. I'm actually like a Grand Slam Major League MVP. I'm pretty, pretty good at it. But how do I walk in the counsel of the righteous? Maybe one thing I've done is replace that music with a podcast, a preacher that I like, some worship music, spend my time driving, and some of us here drive a lot, I drive a lot. I spend that time in fellowship with God. And instead of giving the world a foothold, instead of reaching out my hand the world's always there. They're always like, come walk with me. Come walk with me. Come walk with me. The enemy talked a third of the angels out of heaven. You think, you think he's not capable of tricking you, 
of being there just in the moment of your weakness, when you're ready to just throw it all in and quit, he's like, yeah, come on, baby, I'll take you. Let's walk. Let's, actually, let's run. Let, let's go. I got a place we can sit. Let's go together. He's right there. But God sustains us through every season. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but God delivers them out of them all. Not most of them, not some of them, not the greater majority, the lion's portion, all. He will deliver you out of all, so what do I do? Having done all, stand. Stand on the truth that I know, the history that I have with him. Quit giving the enemy access to your life. Flee from the temptations of your thought life. This is another thing that helps me out. I'm a visual person in my mind. I can't draw to save my life. As the great stuff that comes out in my mind never makes it to paper. I don't, I, I don't know. I'm extremely creative up here, but there is an abyss between my mind and my drawing capabilities. It looks like, like yay, the third grader's finger painted today. And I'm like, I was up all night, man. <laughs> Tried really hard on that. It looked great in my mind. So I'm a visual person. I'm told to flee from temptation. So when I think about that, when I feel tempted, if I, I have several responses, right? I immediately dive into the word and start quoting that. I black sight that joker, or I just, foo, feet on fire run. I gotta get out of here, away from this, whatever it takes. I will run through a brick wall. I will chew through a four by four. Whatever I have to do, I am getting out of here. Because God said, they will not let temptation overcome me, but if I endure, there's a way of escape. And who knows, endurance is not easy. When people are like, that person has endurance, you don't think, well, they're probably really great at sitting on the couch. You probably think like, wow, you know, you probably have a visual of them doing some sort of athletic thing or some sort of manual labor thing and, and being consistent and being able to stay at it for a long time. Endure and there will be a way to escape. Anybody ever put their dog in a pen and seen them endure and escape? I mean, they are hard after it. They're looking for a way out. They're not just sitting over in the corner like, well, Jesus never said, I'll never have to face more than I can handle. Just gonna. No, they're like chewing fences, pulling. I saw my dog trying to pull the fence up out the ground with his teeth. I was like, stop, we are not paying for a dentist, dude. Like, you've got to chill. I mean, they're clawing. They, they, they go so hard that, that, they, that they'll tear their teeth out. They'll, you know, wolves will bite their own leg off to get out of a trap. Like, there's such a relentless tenacity to get away from that. Why, then we as believers can do the same thing spiritually when we're tempted. We can say, I got to flee, I got to get out of here. Whatever the cost, I'm, I'm, I'm out of here. There's not something that can keep me here because God's promise said there will be a way of escape. Am I gonna take it? See, that's where it's on you. God hadn't failed in his promise. A lot of us like to not take the way of escape because it's hard and you have to endure and you might, you know, Rub your paws bloody trying to dig under the fence and get out of there and get away from it. 
And like, well, God didn't give me a way out. So you're saying that God let you down out of all creation. You're the first time he failed. Or could it be that maybe you got complacent? Maybe you got lazy. Maybe you decided that the endurance wasn't worth it. Maybe you decided that the way of escape would be too hard and cost too much. I mean, if I had to pick one on a multiple choice test, I'm just saying, I'm probably not going with the God failed thing. Every decision that we make, church, is going to take us closer to God or it's gonna take us closer to the world. Now, this is not some sort of attempt to get you to engage in some dried up ritualistic legalism where you burn every book but the Bible, you condemn every outlet of entertainment, and you just hate everything. That is not the light of the world, just in case you were wondering. People see that. Like, they know you hate everything, including them. Like, they're like, well, the love of the Lord doesn't shine through that person. You're not allowing yourself to have any kind of fun anywhere, any outlet, and you don't even enjoy the presence of the Lord. That's what happens with a dried up legalism, and that is not what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about this morning is coming with a humility of heart and allowing God to deal with you as you rebuild the altar of consecration in your life. As you say, not only God, am I gonna name the name of Christ, I wanna be a reflection of Christ. You know, there's a big difference between profession and possession. There's a lot of people out there that are like, yeah, I'm a Christian, I believe, you know, God thing, we covered that already, right? And just dead as a doornail. And they've been lulled to sleep by a complacent church that doesn't care enough about your eternal, your eternal never ending soul to tell you the truth, to tell you that it matters. Divine judgment, divine blessing. That's the dichotomous outcome of all of us. Eternal presence with the Lord, eternal suffering under his wrath. What, what are we going to do? Who are we going to walk with? Now, this is not workspace. I wanna be clear. Any, any response that we're able to give to God is because he first called us. If you've never heard the gospel, I'm just gonna break it down for you quick. None of us, are, are innocent, none of us are perfect, all of us are guilty. We have all sinned, we all are rightly judged. Where, 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 who's a good God that would send people to hell? We are already going, he is a good God because he provided a way for us not to, okay? He sent his son who bore my penalty so that when the Father called and the Holy Spirit quickens me to life, I have access to the throne room of God through Christ Jesus finished work, it's the bare bones of the gospel. You have no hope, you're hopeless, that offends us, assaults the pride. There's a way, but it is full surrender to his lordship. Will you pick up your cross and follow him? Will you surrender to his lordship? Or do you stiffen your neck, harden your heart, rely on the wisdom of men and say, I think it's all a farce, I'm rolling the dice. I'd rather walk this earth big. I, I'm nobody on this earth, but I wanna be known as great in the kingdom of God. 
allow him to deal with us. Allow him to point out the things in our life that are, are walking with the world. And when he does, bring him to the sacrifice, bring him to the altar that you've rebuilt and reconsecrated to his glory. Don't be like, but God, this is like my only fun thing. He's like, well, cool. Remember what John told us? You quit maturing and got with God the last place you told him no. He says, I want that thing from you. And you're like, nah. He's like, okay. Holler back when you're ready. That's, that's charging up Fool's Hill. There's stupid tax on that. With inflation and the way tax rates are going, the Fed, I don't know, man. It could, could end up being costly. Who do I stand with? So the progression, who do I stand with? We're cautioned not to stand in the way of sinners. Well, how do I stand in the way of sinners? I'm just using, I'm just walking around transparent with you this morning. I'm using my examples because I've only lived my life. You, you will have your own. Uh, this is also so that you know I'm preaching to myself this morning. I'm not better than you. I'm walking this race with you. I just have an assignment. That's why I'm up here. I'm not special. God gave me an assignment. I wanna walk faithfully in that. He's given you an assignment too. Will you walk faithfully in it? So how do I stand in the way of sinners? I can get caught up in crass joking. I know none of y'all would believe that. But that, that's one of my struggles. If I hear guys starting to tell war stories and I'm on a job site and a few jokes come out, I'm a funny guy. I got, I got a gang of war stories that make everybody laugh. I'm somebody, I'm cool. That doesn't honor God. And sometimes I've, I've walked to go do it and turned around. And they're like, I'll just stay over here and do my little, because if I get over there and I, my flesh starts getting what he wants there, right? Oh, you're so funny. That's a great story. And I'm like, yeah, that's just going to feed the flame. And I'm just going to, I'm going to be all up in it. I'm going to be standing there. And before you know it, they're, they're, then, then there, I will come to myself in all of my stupidity and be like, isn't that cool? Somebody with a degree in church leadership standing here talking like that. What kind of example is that? So then you get to do the really fun thing of going to the guys and saying, hey, you know, I apologize. That was not Christ-like. Please forgive me. That is, that is not an indication that God lacks in anything. That's an indication that I'm still a moron. And, and please have patience with me as, as God continues to deal with my rebellious heart. Get away from this God still working on me. God, God, the work is finished. When God, Christ said, it is finished, it is finished. It's you fighting your own rebellious heart. Start saying that. That assaults your pride a lot more than God's still working on me. God's just working on me. No, you're struggling with your rebellious heart. You're, you're feeding your flesh more than you're feeding your spirit and you are reaping. It's not God still working on you as if his work were insufficient or incomplete. It is you not crucifying your flesh. Take responsibility, call it what it is. Rebuild the altar in your life. Who are you going to stand with? Because I, then I read in Ephesians 4.29 where Paul directly 
addresses my stupidity and proclivity to go tell jokes. Do not use foul or abusive language. Let everything you say be good and helpful so that your words will be an encouragement to those who hear him. And I scroll through the monologue of that interaction and I'm like, wow, none of that was profitable for the kingdom of God. Now I go back and I say, hey, look, that was sin. It is, believe it or not, not perfect yet. We've sinned, and that will take the air out of the enemy's balloon, and they won't be able to talk behind you and be like, you know that guy that preaches sometimes? You hear that joke he told? I mean, dang, that's why I don't go to church. But you'll sit right next to the guy that's broke as all get out at the bar, trying to impress the 20-year-old girl talking about the new company he's launching. You don't walk out of the bar because there's hypocrites there, but you turn and walk out of the church as if it was full of something other than flawed people serving a perfect God. Who do I stand with? Another thing that I'll caution is affirming and celebrating lifestyles that God explicitly condemns. There is and will be an increasing amount of pressure on the church to endorse, celebrate, and, and stand behind and with those that choose to live a lifestyle in complete rebellion to God. There are many that have already gone that way. I don't wanna stand with the world in men's wisdom because it's foolishness to God. No, I'm not gonna celebrate your lifestyle. No, I'm not gonna endorse it. No, I'm not gonna marry a same-sex couple. No, I don't care. Whatever you got against me, it's, I don't care because God is for me. We'll put you in jail. Cool, I'll preach there. We'll kill you. Awesome, absent from the body, present with the Lord. I'm not worried about it. I don't pray for persecution to come. That's a fool's game because it's normally from some false sense of bravado and if God would come in and clean up the church, you will suffer too, okay? And, and just like a footnote on suffering, it's not fun for anyone, okay? Don't have a false sense of bravado and, and invite persecution, but do not wither in the face of the opposition of this world that hates your God. Say, no, I don't care what nonsense you went back and said the Greek means this and the Hebrew means that and the original translation and boom, you can live how you want. No, that is not what I get out of the Bible. That's not truth. That's you reading into the Bible what you want it to say and you're so convinced that you're right that you've done gymnastics to come out on the other side and sound smart about it. And the simplicity of Christ is pick up your cross, follow him, surrender to him in all your ways, crucify your flesh daily. None of that sounds like live exactly how you want and hashtag God, love him, I'm blessed. But there are those heretical teachers that will make wares of the world standing on a pulpit naming the same name of Jesus but it's a different Jesus, talking about God but it's a different God because man is in charge of that one. And if man is in charge of it, it's not God. How can the creation be in charge of the creator? And they're like, well, my God wouldn't do that. Well, prob- I, I, I believe you. 
but your God's just not the one in this Bible. We can't do that. We have to know who we stand with. And I wanna stand with Jesus. How am I gonna do that? Remember, this is a progression of relationship. We're walking with Jesus at first. We're listening to some preachers, maybe some apologists. We're getting some questions answered. We're seeking righteous counsel from people that we know are, are older in the faith. And, 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 and then I wanna stand with God. That's more intentional. That's more intentional to stand with him. I wanna spend time in prayer, intentional prayer, intercessory prayer. I wanna call upon the name of the Lord to help the church, to help those in need, to raise up a generation of those that would be bold and love his truth, love his word, and not kowtow to this world that tells you, you have to believe this way, look this way, do this thing. Love that way, and you're good. No. I'm standing with Jesus. I wanna intercede with those and for those of like precious faith. I wanna make my petitions known to the Lord, having matured in my faith, knowing that he invites me to do that. I wanna spend time in scripture, not a verse a day on my phone. I want to get into the word of God. I want to read the passage. I want to see what he's saying to me. I wanna beg for him to prepare me to receive what is in his word. Intentional study. It's, it's a progressive relationship. You grow with him. And what, what the enemy will do is he'll, he'll trick you. He'll say, well, you're not perfect. You don't got it. Nobody's perfect. If he can't keep you from walking towards God, he's gonna get behind you and tell you you're not good enough to be walking in his presence in the first place. And that's the truth. He'll use that truth to cripple you. None of us are good enough to walk with the Lord. It's not about being good enough. It's about being forgiven. It's about being his. So when the enemy comes to me and says, you're not good enough to be here, you're not good enough to do that, then you're right. Good thing, I'm leaning on him. I'm not perfect. I'm forgiven. If our musician would come, who do I sit with? That matters. Well, I get comfortable walking with the wicked. I get comfortable standing with the sinners. I'm eventually gonna sit with the scoffers. And it's awkward, as we talked about, to walk away from a conversation when you're standing there, but it's even harder to get out of one once you've taken a seat in their home. This would be a further state of backsliding, a hardening of heart, and a further rebellion. And this is where sometimes we'll come to ourselves, where we look around and say, how did it get here? How did I end up here? Like it was just, I was just walking for a minute. I was just gonna walk with him for a minute. How did I end up here? He's the father of lies. One compromise at a time. That's how we got there. How do we get out? Run to Christ. It's a very simple answer. It's just not easy. How do I get out? Run to Christ. But that means I'm not gonna have any friends, I'm gonna lose everything I've invested in this, I'm gonna, yes, I know. 
run to Christ. Well, I'm going to be embarrassed and I'm going to look like a fool. He hung naked on a cross for you. He was mocked by those that should have been the first to recognize him. You think you can complain to Jesus about how hard life is? Really? He lived here 33 years. He only got to preach for three, and he was not well received. All he was able to gather up was a bunch of knucklehead fishermen to follow him that were dumb enough that, to not care when people went crazy after him. And even all of them failed. Over three years, all of them failed him. They all scattered, even Peter. Like, I'm, I'm ride or die. I ain't never leaving. They come to arrest Jesus. You know, Peter's a knucklehead. Like, me and Peter, I think we'd hang out. I really love reading Paul, but I think Peter'd like me more. I don't think Paul'd like me too much. You think, you think Peter was trying to cut off an ear? You think, like, he was just some master swordsman? Dude's a fisherman. Like, he was, he was going for the jugular. You're like, I'm going to take this dude out. In the name of Jesus, be dead. Jesus like, Peter, my special one. All right, we're going to do this again for you, Peter, real slow. Okay, I'm going to take his ear, and I'm going to heal him. This is God's plan. Walk and surrender to God's plan. Get out. Run to Christ, no matter the cost. Jim Elliott said, he is no fool who gives up the thing he could never keep to attain that which he can never lose. In common vernacular, you're not gonna be able to keep anything here. It's all gonna get burned up, did away, right? So giving up anything here, friendships, possessions, relationships, whatever it is, to gain in eternity something that you can never lose is always the wise choice thing that makes it hard for us is it embarrasses us and insults our pride. We have to admit where we are. We have to be honest with some people. We got to reach out into the body of faith and maybe get an accountability partner. We have to do things that assault our pride. To take steps to guard against the one that would have you suffer for all eternity. His, his, his fate is sealed and he wants to take as many with him as he can. Walk with Jesus. Stand with Jesus. Sit with Jesus. May it be said about us believers that our delight is in the law of the Lord and that we meditate on him day and night. That we are like trees planted near living water. That we yield the fruit of the Holy Spirit in our season. That our leaf does not wither. Not because we are great, but because he is great because Christ finished the work and he promised if I draw near to him, he will draw near to me. And I stand on his promises. I stand on my history with him and his faithfulness to me when I was once dead in my trespass and he made me a new creation. When I sinned against him after that and he restored me and said, let's keep walking, baby boy, we're not done yet. I'm taking you somewhere. 
I stand on those things. He is God. He is a God of mercy, a God of grace, a God of forgiveness. And if you have a pulse and you can hear my voice, it is not too late for you. No matter the circumstance, no matter the list of things that it would cost you, no matter what the enemy is telling you, They'll mock you. You won't have friends. I had friends when I first got saved. Like Jason believes in fairy tales now. <laughs> it's not that wasn't comfortable. I didn't like that. I wasn't like, yay, persecution. <laughs> but he is a faithful God. He will not abandon you. He will not leave you. Rebuild the altar in your life. Take the stones and rebuild. Take the stones and rebuild and say, God, I want to consecrate myself to you. I want to be set apart from this world and reserved for you. I want to be set apart for an honorable service for you, God. I surrender to the assignment that you have placed on my life. Whether you've never surrendered to God or you've just been lazy about your relationship with God. You're about to have a chance to respond. So I I want you to prepare to hear this. If you've never come to God, if you've just been lazy about your relationship with God, or you find yourself in rebellion and missing the relationship, the intimacy that you once had with God, and you're holding on to memories instead of moments with God, I want you to come forward and kneel at this altar, symbolizing the rebuilding of the altar in your life and saying, I want you to deal with these things in me, God. I don't want this in my life anymore. These things of the world, guard me, Lord. Guard me. I know I'll be tempted, but keep me, God. I know I'm delivered from the power of sin, but the pull is still there. Keep me, God. I surrender to you. I don't want to walk, stand, or sit with the world. I want to walk and stand and sit with you, God. Don't wait. Come now. If any of that resonates with your spirit, come now. Come to the altar and bring it before the Lord. Bring it to him. He's the only one that can fix it. Nobody's going to bother you. Nobody's, if you're visiting, nobody's going to interrogate you. I just want you to come Assault your pride. Come to God and say, I can't do this on my own, Lord, but I know you got it. And I want, I want the world to see, like those that, ba- that were baptized this morning, I want the world to see that I need you. I'm upheld by you. Come and give it to him. I could have some of the older saints that have walked with the Lord for a long time and know he's faithful, just come down. And if you would just form 
a barrier around these guys. Don't get in on them. You don't have to lay your hands on them. I wanted just them to be encompassed by a crowd of saints that have walked with the Lord, that have seen his faithfulness, that know that we all at times have to bring things and lay them down at the altar and let God deal with it in our life. Praise God. Praise his holy name. He is righteous. His right hand upholds us. Those of you in the altar, you just take your time. Everyone else, I just encourage you, continue in the race. Run it with faithfulness. All of us have to take things to the altar. Continue to be refined the progressive refinement of the believer as we're drawn unto him and to the day of our return to him. Y'all have a blessed Lord's Day. If you would, just quietly, I'm gonna pray. And afterwards, if you need to go, if you'll just quietly make your way out. Father, I thank you for everyone in this congregation this morning. God, I pray that you continue to stir in us, Lord, to continue to turn the, the soil of our hearts that we would meditate on you, that we would draw close to you, that we would walk in a deeper and more intimate relationship with you. For those in the altar, Father God, I pray that you make yourself so clearly present in their lives that they know that today is a day that things changed, where th there was a monument placed and says, today I've met with God. We love you, Lord. We love you, Jesus. We thank you for this opportunity to be together. We look forward to your homecoming. Amen. God bless you all.